Today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com slash sbfvgs. Welcome to Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover, episode 26. You're listening to the number one video game podcast on the internet that features my best friends. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Redding. Joining me is Michael Hot Ryu Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny then, it's funny now. <laughs> yeah. And David Super Sleepy Tate. Oh my goodness, you guys, I'm so tired. Uh, I, I, I can't really go into any more than that, but I'm just All right. tired. Hey, hey, by the way, thanks for the introduction, Adam Vanilla Destiny Redding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, my oh, old man, your, name. Your dancing name. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see some of these dancing moves next time we're hanging out, <laughs> which who knows when that will be, but... You get me at a wedding reception, and you 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 can't stop it. You can't stop the thunder. Yeah, that's right. of Vanilla Destiny. I actually have a fond memory of you like dancing your heart out to like Britney Spears or something while we were waiting in line to to play some laser tag in Nashville. Yeah. I don't think that sentence could have been more nineties. I have a very distinct. Wait, we have to introduce our super oh, guest yeah. friend. Oh yeah. Sorry. Oh yeah. Okay, Wait, who's so, this talking? Who's this guy talking? Okay, joining us tonight with virtually zero notice, uh, super <laughs> guest friend and resident Metal Gear Solid Five expert That's Ryan right. Clark. Yeah, sure. Woo! He doesn't get a nickname. Yeah. No, I uh, I have a distinct memory of Adam. Uh, twerking way before <laughs> it was cool way before vanilla uh, destiny invented twerking it sounds yeah. like, sounds right pretty to me. much this was about 12 12 years before it was cool for white people to do mm-hmm. it was very ahead of the curve <laughs> he's just vanilla destiny was really progressive and he broke some some boundaries in uh, a trailblazer in the realm of white dancing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a real trailblazer vanilla destiny <laughs> Off to a great start for this video oh, game it's podcast. Gonna be, it's going to be a weird one, guys. <laughs> Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover Podcast comes to you every fortnight with each of us coming to the table with one burning topic from the world of gaming. But first, what are you guys playing? Ryan, you're the guest? Oh yeah, we should let our guests go first. Uh, okay, I've uh, been playing Metal Gear Solid Five. What? The Phantom Pain. The Phantom oh. Menace. The, the Phantom, Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. <laughs> How are the battle droids? Uh, they are pretty clumsy, but you know what? Uh, so I don't that's... have any other references for that movie. <laughs> do, they say, do they say things like Roger Roger? <laughs> like, I'm sure wait, they do. Who, who, who's the apologist uh, for that movie oh, in I this like group? It. Uh, I see, okay. It. All right. Oh, oh, yeah. oh no. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Back. We we, so, we, don't, we don't have to go into that. Yeah. So Let's we're going to talk. Yeah, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk a ton of Metal Gear Solid Five uh, yeah. a little bit later on. So cool. you playing anything else? Uh, I or is was, that all consuming? It's pretty all consuming right now. I was playing Heroes of the Storm a lot uh, before this. You're but, welcome. Uh, yep. <laughs> yep. I, I I made that happen. You guys. Yes, <laughs> you did. Yes, you did. I, I got him hooked, and I immediately stopped playing after that. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah, leave me high and dry. But you know, it's how I roll. 
Went straight to straight back into the arms of Destiny. Is that what you're still playing, David? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm still playing Destiny. Uh, actually, I wanted to play some tonight because, um, well, this is. I'm going to reveal when we recorded this episode. The patch, the 2.0 patch, just dropped tonight, <laughs> and uh, I am still downloading it. It says it's going to be another five hours, so wow. I'm not playing Destiny tonight like I planned. But uh, yeah, <laughs> this is a time paradox heavy episode. It yes, is. It there's, is. there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes uh, with this one, but. Uh, yeah, so the new patch dropped, and I can't tell you guys what it's like, so I'm sorry. Oh, I can tell you that uh, Northbot, I kind of like him. Yeah? Um, you heard I a little know, taste of it? Yeah, it's funny because the Destiny Reddit is like, so they had been bashing Dinklebot as long as he's existed, <laughs> <laughs> but now today, for the first time ever on the Reddit, I'm seeing people defending Dinklebot and saying they wish they didn't change it. Of course, because it's Reddit, and they have to have the opposite of what's reality. So, <laughs> so yeah, like, before today, it was all, I can't wait till Dinklebot is gone. I hate it so bad. Oh, He's how could worst. it be so bad? And now today, I hate that Dinklebot is gone. This new Northbot is the worst. <laughs> I, you know, like, I, it is... You just can't please Reddit, but um, yeah, and I'm probably gonna get like uh, DDoSed or something for that, or I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I think it sounds pretty good. I he I said this on a previous podcast. He kind of reminds me of three four three Guilty Spark um, right. from mm-hmm. Halo, and uh, he's kind of got that like inquisitive, high pitched uh, voice. But however, he doesn't. He's not like slightly scary like three four three Guilty Spark is because. Uh, He's like Guilty Spark's supposed to be like crazy, and uh, this ghost is not. So anyway, it's pretty good. I think it's good. So uh, Nicholas Wagner, friend of the show, hates it though. So. He hates the Northbot, huh? But but he likes Dinklebot because he doesn't understand what makes a good performance. So <laughs> <laughs> oh man, burn! It's it is it completely gutted or is there a no, toggle? It's gone. No, you can't turn it back yet. I'm sure. I'm guessing because now they've introduced like g- lots of different ghost skins to the game. Mm-hmm. I, my suspicion is that they'll probably put it back in as like a special ghost skin that you can gotcha. put on, and it changes him it, for the for the places that they actually have his dialogue. They'll it'll yeah. change it, but you know they might not either because maybe their contract expired or something. I don't know. Who uh, knows? Yeah. yeah, I almost wonder if if Dinklebot's contract, you know, provided for like ongoing royalties and revenues as long as they were using his voice, mm-hmm. and it, maybe it was yeah. just too steep after a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and also, oh, I Maybe. have one more thing to add, uh, really quick. I know Mike hasn't talked about what he's playing yet, but um, we also learned a little bit about um, why what happened with Destiny uh, because uh, what was his name? Uh, the composer Marty Marty O'Donnell. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh right, right. His yeah. court case recently got uh, settled, or I think I think he actually won. I don't think they settled. I think he actually straight yeah, up he won. won. Um, mm-hmm. and so we learned like a kind of a bit of the things why he was let go because, you know, he, they replaced some of his music and it was like, I guess it was in his contract or something. I don't know if it was in his contract, but like it was understood that he always provided the music for all promotional materials and Activision like pulled a fast one and changed the music on in one of his trailers and yeah, he and was I like think- really upset about it. Yeah, I think also he had been able to release uh, the Halo music separately as his own. Um, and Activision didn't want that, right? And they didn't let him do it with Destiny. And so that was kind of like, it wasn't necessarily defined in his contract, I want to say, but it was something that like w- he was kind of counting on Oh um, yeah, being able to do. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was, it was part of the friction there. 
Yeah, and so, but mm. some of the behind-the-scenes stuff we learned is that he recorded an entire symphony with uh, with Paul McCartney, um, and only some of that is contained in the soundtrack for Destiny. Like, they have not released the whole, like, thing that he recorded. Huh. So, I wonder if they're, like, holding it back for for next, like, for the next Destiny game, or... I don't know. I don't know where it is. I don't know if Activision didn't like it. I don't know if they scrapped the whole thing. If we're never going to hear it, it was called like the orbs, the orb symphony, or I don't know. It had some the symphony of the orbs or something. It was a really strange. It's definitely about orbs. Yeah. <laughs> I, it may not have been orbs. But I don't know. Something. Orbs. Oh no, spheres. It was like the symphony of the spheres or something like oh, that. Oh, that's completely but, different. But yeah, anyway, so that's different. one thing. Another thing we learned is that. Uh, the game was planned originally to be released in uh, the fall of 2013, and instead of that, uh, like, it's, but then they like scrapped the story a month before that, and so they wait, you know, they spent another year on it. But that that explains a lot of things. Like story trailers were totally different back when the game was first announced than the game you know eventually launched with, which also explains the really lackluster story, frankly. Um, mm. So anyway. A lot of oh, weird it's stuff. An interesting but, peek behind the curtain. Yeah, a little peek behind the curtain was kind of fun. But uh, I know that Mike is uh, completely bored now, and that's that's about all the <laughs> destiny I'm going to talk this episode. Okay, all right. so <laughs> so Mike, what have you been playing? <laughs> so of course, plugging me on Batman. I've had yes. to I've had to slow my progress on Batman a little bit because Megan's been sick, and I and I got to wait for her to play it. Mm, unless I'm, oh, unless, wow. I'm just, unless I'm just hunting Riddler trophies, which I'm totally doing. So she's, uh, in, she's invested, oh right? Yeah, I'm like 25% down with Brizzler trophies. Wow. So, you know. Oh, know, you got a co-pilot? I got a while. Oh, What's yeah. That? He's got a co-pilot big time. Uh, that's amazing. I love that. Uh, oh, yeah. My <laughs> wife loves Batman story stuff. Yeah. So it's super awesome. cool. Um, plugging away at Rocket League, it's still so much fun. My Rocket League is the best. Um, I played Grow Home. Oh, yeah. How was that? I beat it. It's pretty short. Oh, okay. Well, wow. <laughs> I think I played it wrong because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think you're supposed to spend more time exploring and less time just trying to beat it. But if you try to beat it, you can beat it like in an hour. So, oh, mm. oh well. Um, but yeah, it's fun. Like my my daughter loves it. Like there's no like enemies. It's just exploring and, and oh, growing plants. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, it's it's very chill. Cool yeah, game. you're right. The game is not about beating. I just realized what you were talking about. I took I for some reason did not remember its name, but. Um, yeah, it's, you're not supposed to beat it. It's just a, you're you're supposed to just mess around and have a good time. Yeah, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Were, are there? Can you platinum he was on that, that game? Platinum? <laughs> uh, there's no platinum. So there's, there's, yeah, so I checked. Don't worry. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, and then I've been playing a ton of Super Time Force Ultra. Oh man, that game is so good. You love it. I love it. That's awesome. And uh, I actually put a little video up on Twitter this week. Uh, oh yeah, of me of me playing with an army of Shuhei Yoshidas. <laughs> and good old good old Shu, he's always good for a retweet. That's awesome. Oh, did he that retweet awesome. it? Yeah, he yeah he did. Oh, he's, nice. And he replied to. It. He's a cool guy. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, uh, he's honest, like no joke. He's like the best character in that game too. <laughs> Super cool. <laughs> yeah, I've only ever played it on um, 360, so I, I got to get it on the Vita. It's know, really free. fun. The Vita, really fun. <laughs> the uh, Vita. Oh yeah, one last thing. I was actually tempted to buy a Vita today. Uh, oh my! For a really hilarious reason. Um, but I figured it probably wasn't possible. Uh, so you know, the Destiny patch is out, and I wanted to start the download right when it started. Right, right when it came out, but I couldn't because mm-hmm. I couldn't connect to my PS4. But if I had my Vita, I would have been able to do <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There hey, you go. Uh, but hey, I David, probably would have had to pair it or something. So the the desk. I, I mean, I know this is probably isn't 
a super huge need for you because when you're not at home, you're probably busy. But uh-huh. the Destiny controls maps so well in Vita. It's, <laughs> it's literally the best uh, remote play game for PS4. Wow. And in that respect. Yeah, I, I huh. really enjoyed it too. I think they did a good job uh, mapping those controls over. They they use like the bottom corners of the touchscreen as like oh. the R3 and L3 buttons, right? Yeah, right. yeah. It's they, been a little while. They use the front of the the front touchpad rather than the rear, which every other game does, and it those are horrible controls. But yeah. <laughs> uh, Destiny uses the front, and it just works really well. And huh. uh, if you're just like doing really short grindy things like that, don't require a lot of which uh then you should be fine playing that yeah. and just kind of doing the kind of like a collection missions that sort of thing wow you guys are making a pretty good argument for me getting yeah. a Vita eventually. Yeah, so, so it's also was, the greatest handheld of all time but i mean yeah, that's, yeah that's just yeah. a separate thing it's a separate thing so there was um out of town this weekend i was at <laughs> the in-laws uh, a few hours away and i brought my Vita. And I, I says to myself, I says to myself, I says, <laughs> why not try to play some Witcher three? And so, like everyone took a nap, and so I, I, I fired up everyone. Vita. Everyone took a nap, but me. <laughs> the whole house. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. That family loves napping. That's so hilarious. <laughs> everyone takes a nap. I'm up, and uh, so I fire up the Vita and connect back to the PS4. Start playing some Witcher, and I finally got uh, got the hang of the Quen sign. <laughs> so I think my mistake on the Witcher three was I was holding the the button for the Quen sign, thinking, "Oh, it's a shield; you got to hold it up." Oh, but okay. no, you just tap it, and that is way better. <laughs> I, I would, yeah, you you came to me and were like, "I don't I don't get how this works." I was like, "I don't." What are you doing wrong? Like, just... yeah, I know. I was I was holding it, thinking like, okay. oh, this the shield. That's how you do it. You have to hold up the shield. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense otherwise. So yeah, anyway, would, yeah, it'd be more difficult to play. So after I realized that, I beat even having to use the clunky back touch as my R two L two buttons. Like, I still beat that crazy crook back bog uh, <laughs> mission with the huge antler dude. Um, okay, cool. Like my first try on remote play, even though it was laggy, and even though I was playing all over Wi Fi, you know. Um, so I got through that. I did a bunch of other missions and stuff, just kind of going around clearing up, uh, the first two areas, like go and find all the question marks and the, whatever you call them. But anyway, good stuff. Still living that game. But actually more than that, even, uh, while we were up there, the in-laws just bought like a, um, um, one of those cocktail tables, arcade machines. So you have like, you know, the, the flat surface and then the two oh. the controller on either side. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so they got one of those with, I think it has like 40 games in it, but it has a bunch of my absolute favorites. It has like Galaga, Dig Dug, Frogger, Donkey Kong, Miss Pac-Man, 1942, like basically every awesome arcade game. Yeah, I love everything you just said. (laughs) Yeah, so... That's me awesome. And, yeah, me and my boy were playing that quite a bit, and then um, they, they even have, there's regular Galaga, and then there's... Something well, Galaxium was the first, and then Galaga was kind of the sequel. And then there's something in there called Galaga Three, which I had never played, and it is brutally difficult. <laughs> but it had this really cool mechanic where you can use the tractor beam and suck in like alien ships to become like your wingmen. Oh, so that's cool. it was awesome. Uh... So yeah, so I would like I would like tractor beam in a couple alien ships, and then I have like triple shot. Oh man, it was so cool. But that one was really really difficult. But the coolest thing on there was the because I'm a huge Galaga fan. So Galaga, 
it said Galaga in parentheses too. Like it was just another version of Galaga. And I was like, that's really weird. So we hmm. tried it and it's the fast shooting, um, mod for Galaga. So, oh, you yeah. know, you know, when you're pounding the fire button on Galaga, you shoot like two shots and then it pauses two shots and it pauses <laughs> yeah. and then you die. Um, <laughs> so the fast shooting Galaga, it's not as fast as you can press it, but it's, you can get like a steady stream of bullets going. Oh man. I was unlocking untold levels. I never, I was seeing enemies I'd never seen. Oh, I was nice. like level 15. It was, it was madness. So it was like a good old fashioned arcade weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Oh, that so. was... I actually forgot to mention this. Um, so, a friend of the show, Nick Wagner, which I mentioned earlier, he lives in uh, Nashville, but he and his girlfriend were here in New York this last weekend. Oh, yeah? And uh, one of the things we did is we went to a barcade, which is also where I went with Gabe Batillo, uh, also oh, another friend of the show. Anyway, we went to barcade, and we beat the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. Uh, uh, which one? Game. The first one. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Not you know... Turtles in Time. Right. No, I, I've beaten that one too. Uh, you know, on an earlier they're occasion, great. they're they're great games. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's just something about going to an arcade, and you know, it's funny because everyone at Barcade uh, is like this is like our age, like people who grew up playing uh, arcade yeah, games. Yeah. So it's it's fun. It's like it's like going to Chuck E. Cheese, but everyone's an adult. But everyone loves the games. It's really yeah. weird. It's it's very weird. <laughs> yeah. So that's like um, anytime like I see <laughs> <laughs> no, anytime I see the Ninja Turtles arcade game, the original, or the Simpsons arcade game, beat them oh, yeah, up. Yeah. Either one, I just have to sit there and play it. I can't. I can't help myself. Mm-hmm. They're so good. Mm-hmm. They're so good. But yeah. So I thought for the news segment tonight, we would do something a little different. Okay. Um, so. In celebration, this is this being our final episode of year one of the podcast. That's right. Um, I wanted to do our SBF EGS year in review. Oh, so this is this is all news items. This is how how young we were at the beginning of the year. <laughs> how young you and know? foolish we were one year yeah, ago. So young and foolish, <laughs> all the way back when when the Master Chief Collection came out. And was a oh. huge disaster for Microsoft. Man, that's <laughs> okay, so for sure. Basically, I just want to come quickly go through and highlight some of the, the big stories that shaped the year for us. So, yeah, the Master Chief Collection, huge disaster. And then finally, months yeah. and months later, it works, right? You, have uh, you guys played it? Sort of. I own it. Um, it's still missing things that it was promised, but, um, yeah, I mean, it works for the most part. Uh, I, I, I think the rumor of what happened with that game is that 343 didn't have the resources to develop that and um Halo 5 so mm. they like every like so all four of the Halo games were like ported by different teams or something like that it was just it was oh, a disaster wow. it was like one of those every like so Halo 2 is the one that got the remaster 343 did not actually develop that so the rumor goes um mm. they hired a third party to develop it instead so uh and then that that third party i guess they got uh assigned to something else and they weren't available to fix the bugs i don't know i don't this is all stuff i read somewhere on reddit and so it could be a complete lie but, <laughs> it's all a farce <laughs> but uh i mean it made sense when i read it so i don't i don't know when i read it on reddit uh sorry <laughs> um <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that that's one theory as to what happened. Yeah, there. no, and that makes a lot of sense. The, this one doesn't make any sense, though. The next news item I have here 
Do you guys remember all the way back when? When Drive Club came out, it was a <laughs> catastrophe. Yeah. Oh, oh, man, that one's still not fixed, right? No, no, that one works. And now oh. I've 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 actually been talking to folks on Twitter the last few months really. It's been it's been working well for a few months, I think. But um, you know, people who stuck with it are actually really having a good time with the game now that all the online issues are, are sorted out. But it was just like at the first few months of it were really bad because it was just like this online focused racer where the online didn't work. And you could only play like the single player kind of thing. So yeah. wasn't that one of our very first news items that it was coming no, like next sure. month? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be, in our very first episode, it was supposed to be that Drive Club PS Plus edition was coming out like that week or something. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. And then it didn't come out until like almost a year later. So <laughs> that is, that's just crazy. Um, this one's pretty fun. Assassin's Creed Unity came out and taught us <laughs> never to pre-order games. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't pre-ordered a game since. Damn, I mean, I didn't a- pre-order that one, but. This is the greatest hits. This is a real sad history. It is very true. <laughs> so games far, are dumb. They're it was so far, every rough. game is broken. <laughs> it was a really rough fall. It does get more optimistic here. Oh, okay, end. good. So uh, next on the list, this one's another downer, though. <laughs> um, so PT comes out. You remember this game, PT? Oh, mm-hmm. man. It comes out. It blows everyone's minds. Silent Scared Hills. the pants off me. Everyone's amazed. Everyone's on board for Silent Hills. And then it got canceled. Oh, yeah. yeah! So much so, sadness, Adam. So much sadness. I'm gonna start Thanks crying if it up. doesn't turn around soon. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a little light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. The Final Fantasy VII remake was real. It's real. <laughs> it's yeah. real. It's love coming. is tr- love is true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was exciting. Also, the Last Guardian was finally revealed. Oh, yeah. I know. That did Big. Big things, big things happened, and it I made remember, my heart happy. I remember talking about that game uh, on this show, like not having any idea that I'd ever see it again. Yeah, <laughs> and and now it's coming out soon, ish. Yep. So mm-hmm. life is. And good. then one of the biggest things I think that happened over the whole last year, though, I think was uh, Microsoft writing the ship, yeah, and and getting the Xbox One on the comeback trail, you know, getting it all sorted out like there. I mean, the Xbox one, it's been selling fine all along, but just the perception of it was really bad for a long time. Yeah. And so, yeah, well, they ruined it with their reveal. Like their, their whole, like focus on TV and, you know, games can't be shared and all this ridiculous, like, I just remember watching this little supercut of that presentation, and it was just all the TV, television, television, TV, watch TV, TV, television, <laughs> television, television, your television, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, you didn't realize how much they focused on that until after, and I watched that. I was like, oh, my gosh. It was like a minute long of just that. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, but they, they really sorted things out. And uh, especially with, like, the more recent uh, moves, like the backwards compatibility, which is, like, a total uh, kick in the guts for Sony. You yeah, know? Sony and, will uh, never do that because they're so invested in uh, PS Now that yeah. uh, they they will never let you just pop in your PS3 disc because they want you, hey, well, don't you want to just pay $3 to stream it over the internet <laughs> instead? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, Ryan, you've played some PS Now, right? Uh, no. 
No? I, oh, I thought, I thought you had. I, <laughs> terrible, I re- terrible segue. I was really thinking about it, and but that yeah, the prices, I was like, mm, I'm, I can't bring myself uh, yeah. to spend like, I, I don't know, I, I can't remember a, a good example, but like $9 for three hours is, it's, <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's, I can't guarantee that I have those three hours uninterrupted, you know? Right. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I can't do that. It's just in, not a viable thing for me and I think a lot of adults. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a real shame because I, I played a lot of the PlayStation Now stuff during the beta when I got in for free. And I was like, man, I'm surprised at how good this works. Like, they nailed it. And then when the service actually came out and they put prices up, I was like, oh, no, never mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> never they, mind. they really botched that. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. and, and from what I understand, it's not 100% on them. Like, a lot of what they charge is dependent on what the publisher of that title, like, deems that thing is worth. Right, mm. yeah. So, like, they it's, don't have 100% control over what they're charging for those titles, which is just really too bad because, yeah, the, the prices are, are so astronomical that I can't imagine anyone's using it. I mean, that, that makes sense, but it's also, they do have control over what games they put on PlayStation now. Like, so I mean, that's why like Netflix doesn't have everything. They can't afford to have everything on yeah, their servers, yeah. but you know, PlayStation could show a little bit of, I, I feel like discretion say like, okay, well these want, these guys need too much money. So we won't do this. Yeah. We yeah. won't do that. Or, or we'll have some incentives to get one of the, these games that are a little bit more high profile. That's to true. Come on. And I feel like I, I, you know, it's, I think you're right, but I, uh, but Sony not responding to that in any way, shape, or form is kind of disappointing. It's tough. I, I, th- I think they were in a hard spot because it's like, well, if, if we don't put some of the big games up here, even the ones that we don't publish, it looks like a barren wasteland. No one's going to use it. Right. But yeah. all the games that people want to play on here are so expensive, they're never going to pay for this service. So yeah, I, I don't that's, know. That's why I think, I mean, <laughs> I, that's why I think you have to do a subscription where you 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 don't do it by unit you have to kind of pad everything oh 100% yeah because i and you hide that cost of the expensive ones in the middle of all the cheap ones you know i don't know yeah but i but paying it by unit because you're right it like it's you know, insane yeah it is insane yeah so in the membrane <laughs> yeah. insane in the brain some might say that's right yeah some someone would say that instead <laughs> so um and then the flip side of microsoft doing things really really right and and sony screwing up playstation now is that the ps4 has sold ridiculous amounts all year long sure so it's been it's nuts i i would be i'd be in error if we didn't mention uh, that basically every month we hear about like, oh yeah, it's, it's sold bajillion D one consoles now, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like every month it's some ridiculous new number. So, um, console gaming, it is alive and well. So that is, is one, that is one Absolutely. high note, I think from the whole year, but if we need to bring it back down for the end. It was too much happiness there at the end. So, <laughs> I mean, we would really, we have to mention the huge, huge story of Kojima and Konami. And we've talked, we've talked a lot about it, um, as, as, as everyone has, but, um, yeah, that, that was a huge deal this year. That was something that, you know, we didn't see coming for sure. No, definitely not. Well, the only thing we saw coming was that Konami was getting worse and worse in recent years. So yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. the writing was on the wall and we just were too naive to see it, you know? Uh, 
Yes. Yeah. Now, speaking of <laughs> Konami and Kojima, this we're hopping into Twitter questions. That was oh, a segue. Right. We're, oh, okay. we're going to hop right into those Twitter questions. Yes. So, Alec Kavorka. No. Alec Korvuka. Korvuka? Alec Korvuka. Qdoba. That's a nacho place. And it's pretty delicious. Um, Alec uh, writes, I wonder what went down with Konami and Kojima. He worked there for 28 years, almost three decades, and now he's being fired. I so, can tell you. I can tell you what happened. So, no, no. I... <laughs> you want to know, David? Have a slow down. No. Slow no, down, so, insider. So, yeah, what I think... Leave time I think what for we the jokes. Do, <laughs> I, th- I think what we should do is... Um, everyone just... Yeah, let's take a David stance and just say... Just blur something out that you think is the real reason. Just make something up on the spot. Go for it. Okay. Real reason? Real reason that Kon- Kojima left Konami. Kojima Konami are splitting. Man, this yes. is Mike's wheelhouse. Racism. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Clearly racism. Oh, man. Yes, Konami being a Japanese company, they just... No room in that place for Japanese. <laughs> That's right. That's what I hear. Uh, so, here's what happened. Um... Kojima was not interested in making pachinko machines. Oh, oh no, he did. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually, I mean, you're probably not far about off. It, yeah. yeah, you're probably not far <laughs> off because like the way the company's going. I think that's a good distillation of what is actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, I told uh, you, this is what happened. Like, I think I, they're obviously... Moving towards uh, cheaper games that net more money, like more profitable games. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kojima spent five years on Metal Gear Solid Five. Uh, he spent eighty million dollars in development, and oh, and you know that like marketing for that is at least eighty million. Like pro- <laughs> I don't I don't know. They don't publicize those numbers, but it's probably at least that. Um, but think of all the ink so, they're saving by not putting Kojima's name on it. <laughs> well, aren't, didn't they reprint all that stuff? Because wasn't think it, so. didn't it used twice to be on the there? ink? <laughs> okay, I mean, I don't but know. I, I'm not sure. I, I, I think there were some posters that. that came out that had his name on yeah. it. Oh, okay, but gotcha, then gotcha, gotcha. I don't think any official stuff came out with it. Gotcha. Well, so uh, there you have it. Yeah, so but, like, I, but like also racism. Also racism. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's I mean that goes without saying. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Assad writes, okay, why does the Batman Arkham series not have the Batwing as a playable vehicle? And I find this to be a very good question. That is such a good question. Yeah. It's, it is a good question, but the answer is kind of easy. Air walls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Air walls. (laughs) Racism. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> sorry i'm off my game uh so yeah like the the real reason i, I think is that if, if you really break down what all the arkham games are they're all yes, basically yeah they're all basically metroid games so yeah how do they keep you out of a particular section of gotham city without the gadget you need if you can just straight up like hop in the jet and fly over there oh in other words there are no down bri- like right, if there's, the yeah, there's down, no bridges hop to in lift the up that, that keep your jet like, uh, other than like, yeah, at some point, you know, you, maybe you blow up some rocket launchers or, or what have you, but yeah, you, got, kind you, of, got, you just have to have your like two face goons with your surface to air missiles and there you go. Yeah. You keep yeah you out of the true. city. 
Batman, we can't go this way because the surface-to-air missiles will blow up your Batwing immediately. Well, Robin, yeah, that's okay, dumb. Okay, I better turn around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like the air walls. You just do a loop-de-loop like Star Fox style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you yeah, go. You're yeah. back in the mix. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I just want to live that scene where Batman's like going down the street and he's like, he stole my balloons, you know? <laughs> I just don't want to do that. And so, come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Just let me. <laughs> um, Mike, it's interesting that you say that the the Batman games are basically Metroid because I definitely got that vibe from the first one, uh, Arkham Asylum. But the rest of them, I never. It didn't really feel as much like I th- uh, I think, Metroid. Yeah, to me. yeah. I think the open world kind of takes away from that a little bit. But I yeah. think at its core, is kind of keeping you out of a specific area until you have the gadget that lets you do what you have to do in that area mm-hmm. is a very Metroid. But yeah, one hundred percent. Asylum is like the most Metroid-like of the series. Yeah, and I loved it. I, I that's really me good. by such. I I was so surprised by that that I was just like, oh, I love this. This is great, you know, <laughs> scratching that Metroid itch that has yeah. not been scratched since, really. So, yeah, sad. Face. Right between the shoulder blades. <laughs> the, that's the spot. That is the Metroid <laughs> itch. They call it. Oh God, <laughs> it's starting to sound gross. Actually, <laughs> these, these jokes. It's, it's, these jokes are bad. It's fungal. <laughs> bad <laughs> jokes. I blame Mike for making it be so late. all right so rob from driven below that's his band i believe that's his in in his twitter name oh Oh, cool rob says um do you prefer discs or digital purpose uh, purchases purposes (laughs) digital purposes digital purposes always go the dolphin all the way (laughs) yes (laughs) so do you prefer discs or digital purchases digital 100 percent digital are you kidding me well, he, he's asking. He asks, "Do you believe physical purchases will be on their deathbeds in the near future?" I buy all digital now. In my opinion, games run much smoother. I, I definitely think digital is the future. Um, I do think that we're going to be sacrificing some freedom with that, though. Like yeah. as in that whole Microsoft fiasco, they tried to make everything digital. Uh, I mean, the discs yeah. were basically just keys that unlocked digital versions of games. Um, and everyone got pissed off about that because they, they immediately recognized that they were losing some freedom. Um, Mm. however, there are a few games that I own on my PS4 that I, that I just bought digitally. And it's so nice not having to get up off my couch and change out a disc. And I I know it sounds so lazy, but I, I totally agree. Yeah. It's crazy because it's not that hard getting off a couch and changing the disc. But it's just so nice not to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and if I if you are doing the remote play thing, it's really nice to have your games all in there. You know, like if you mm-hmm. have the more games you have digitally, uh, the bigger point. the bigger your remote play selection. Like if you're not home, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Also, so if you got kids, one thing, like if oh you yeah, got kids keeping their stingy their their stinky mitts off of all my games. Yeah. <laughs> I have to like check like. Oh, you you have a you have a Blu-ray in, huh? Oh, what happened to the game that was in here? Oh, you put it away? All right, I gotta check the disc now. Make sure <laughs> oh. it's not cracked in half. Yeah, <laughs> it's got peanut butter smeared all over it. That, that sounds like a, it sounds like a goof, but I this weekend got a crash course in disassembling a DualShock Four because Aww. because someone forgot to mention that there's syrup inside of it. Oh, oh no! <laughs> here's the plus sticky, side. Sticky buttons. Sticky buttons. Sticky here's, buttons. Here's the plus side. I found out taking apart DualShock Four is super easy. Oh, that's, oh, cool. that's so good that's, news. At least that's good. 
because I tried. Right. I took apart a DualShock Three with sticky buttons one time, thinking, "Oh, I'll just fix this thing," yeah. and it was broken forever. That's kind of that. how I, I was like. As soon as I cracked the case <laughs> on the DualShock Four, I was like, "Well, this is never going to work again." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, it's it's actually really easy if you. Oh, have to do that's it. good because actually, I've I've seen that. Uh, you know, I saw a guide online for disassembling your DualShock 4 and, and to replace the thumbsticks with official ones. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so I was considering doing it, but the only thing really scaring me off was the, uh, you know, my experience with the DualShock 3. Yeah, it's so, way different. Much oh, okay. easier now. And that's cool. That is good news. All right. Kyle Sanderson writes in, to what extent do you think story is important in relation to video games? If a game has a weak story, do you find it less immersive or enjoyable? I guess that depends on if yeah. the if the story is supposed to be important to that game. Yeah, yeah. okay. Like for example, I, I I would normally agree with that, but go ahead, I'll, I'll explain. I was going to say like like if The Last of Us is a really fun game to play, but if the story was garbage, I don't know if I'd finish it. Cuz okay. there's not a ton of variety into hmm. it. Yeah, but something yeah. like Super Time Force, the story is like minimal. It's kind of there just to be humorous and to give you like a a basic reason to be in the area. And mm-hmm. that that game just becomes 100% about gameplay from that point on. So story yeah. is not really important to that. Although what they wrote was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I love the dude with two eye patches. He's, <laughs> he's awesome. <laughs> and, and I think there's also like a at least a third category of games like Skyrim where there is a main story, but I never finished it. And I know a lot of people never finished it. I didn't. But, but there's uh, not to say that it was good or bad, but it wasn't super com- it to me it wasn't super compelling enough to like no. make sure that i finished it but uh-huh. like there's so much no, I, story I, I in totally just get the that. world a game like skyrim is kind of like here's a here's a campaign but this experience is about making your own story right mm-hmm. so so i i would say like skyrim like even though i don't think the narrative is very strong the, there are hundreds and hundreds of stories in it and so i i mean it just it kind of depends on where you define what's a story in a game and what's a good story in a game, and because I think it can mean a lot of different things. In that's a lot of different totally contexts. Yeah, that's how yeah. I feel about The Witcher Three. Is that like as I'm playing, there's there's you know the, of course the huge overarching story, but then you have all these tiny stories, these little vignettes that you're going in and out of these, and some of those are amazing. Like so, I think. You know, yeah, it would be still fun to to chop down monsters and stuff, but like, really, the the reason behind it is making it so much more compelling. Yeah. So, um, and then and of so, course, you oh. know, of course, some of my favorite games ever are highly cinematic, story based. You know, so of course, in those games, it's it's super important. But then, yeah, there's yeah. other games like you're saying, Mike, that yeah, you just play because they're super fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And in certain like competitive games, obviously, the story is mostly an afterthought and those games i get super obsessed with like with starcraft 2 or heroes of the storm i just just go in real deep in those that they don't have stories at all it's all about just yeah. the gameplay yeah. of it mm-hmm. keep, so, uh, everyone keep talking so david can't answer it's a fun <laughs> game i'm playing now i'm glad that mike is, is recognizing that that's happening <laughs> All right, go for it, David. <laughs> um, yeah, so normally I would say, yeah, de- uh, story is 100% important. In fact, I believe we got asked a question similar to this uh, at least at one point in the last year. And um, and I was like, yeah, story is the number one thing I need in a game. 
But then Destiny came along and had a the worst story, <laughs> or maybe not the worst story ever, but just such no, call, a... No, call what it is. It's fine. No, basically an indecipherable story. How about that? And, yeah, uh, that's fair. Because there is a story, and it, you know, once Game you Informer... You can read it on Bungie.net. No, you can't even read it there. You can read it on Game Informer. They did like a... They broke down the story for us, and now I know what happened. Yeah, the um, Magic Space Pearl is here to kick some alien buns. That's right. But... Sure? I find myself... Yeah, the magical space sphere. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, it's an orb. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, right. Um, but yeah, so uh, the story is not that great, but I find myself coming back to that game over and over um, because they they just made... they. I don't know. The quest system is great. Like that Heroes of the Storm has that too, where it kind of keeps bringing me back because I want to finish these quests and get more gold and unlock more heroes and stuff like that. And yeah. in Destiny, it's I want to get more... Uh, like currency so that I can buy the, this amazing gun that I see that I've seen this guy has. And I want to use this gun cause it is awesome. And, uh, and I want this helmet because it does this thing that is so cool. Um, and it's interesting because I, I played through these stories that I've played through, you know, many, many times and it's fun still. And, and that's amazing. Like, I, I don't know. I think it's just like a psychological thing. They, they, they actually. I know they have a psychologist on staff at Bungie. That's like, okay, we need to put these hooks in that all brains have, and I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. And so, Destiny's the first game that has like kind of shown me that I guess I don't need an amazing story to to enjoy it. As long as so. that core gameplay loop is strong enough. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So, speaking of gameplay and excellence with <laughs> therein yeah the sonic. best gameplays the best sonic the hedgehog uh-huh <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, gosh. so pmt controller writes in which stands for pass me the controller oh, oh that's yeah. clever so uh which sonic game do you guys think is the best and why i loved sonic adventure on dreamcast for its gameplay more open world feel and the chow baby creature thingies that you raised in and outside of the game <laughs> so yeah what do you guys think what's the best sonic game and why <sighs> i can't wait to hear mike's answer to this <laughs> uh so i have two answers um one of the, Can first the answer one... be all of them I, I, I okay. wish. I've got my answer. <laughs> okay. You guys go ahead. I know All what right. Mike's answer I got, is. Too. I got it locked in. <laughs> um so um I had the most fun playing Sonic 2. Um it, it I'm with came, you. I'm it, with you. It, it came out right around the time where my brother, you know, my brother's nine years younger than me, but uh he was just starting to notice video games at that time, but he wasn't really like good enough. He, his motor <laughs> skills weren't there to like really play them. Mm. So Sonic two had this like brilliant thing where if you plugged in a second controller, uh, someone else could like control tails, but it didn't really matter what they did. They like, they could die, (laughs) you know, they could jump on a dude and like, uh, kill them, but they could also jump down a pit and then they just come flying right back. And it, it just didn't (laughs) matter. And, and so it was like the first game I could play with my brother. Because it, cool. it didn't matter if he kept running off and dying. Um, and, and so I had some really fond memories of that. Uh, a, a second runner-up, though, there was this uh, there was this Sonic pinball game on Sega Genesis oh, that yes, I had. Sonic, I think it was called Sonic Spinball. Yeah, and I had a lot of fun playing that, <laughs> which is funny because it's not like a Sonic game per se. Right. But it was really fun, and it had a really good soundtrack. So 
Yeah, I'm with um, you on Sonic 2. That was a really good time. And just being able to, like, the hover mechanic with Tails. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just, it was a good time. I feel like that, that franchise had, you know, kind of hit come into its own at that point. You know? Yeah. And one last thing. Sonic 3, I think, would win for best overall soundtrack. And that's because it's rumored that Michael Jackson actually created the soundtrack to that game. So that, that's a fun little tidbit. So heavens. Yeah. Heavens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? Okay. I was just giving you guys a chance before I, before I, I blew your minds with the correct answer. I, I know what his answer is going to be. <laughs> what is okay. Let me hear it. Do you want me to tell you what your answer is? I sure do. Super None of Smash them. brothers. <laughs> nope. You're wrong. I was wrong. Okay. You were wrong. Cool. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad I'm wrong because once you once Adam said all of them, you said okay. I know my answer, so I assume you were just going <laughs> to say none of them. <laughs> it took me a split second to think about it, but the um, the best Sonic game is Sonic Boom. Oh, because what? wait, do you mean from Street Fighter Two? No, no, no. The newest oh. Sonic game that came out. No, oh. that's the worst one. <laughs> well, that's the thing. What better showcase is there to show you what a Sonic game is all about? All the kids who maybe what? missed out on those Genesis ones, you pick up Sonic Boom, you just realize the whole series is garbage, full of garbage characters. <laughs> <laughs> and garbage gameplay. It's just awful. And a waste of everyone's uh, time. So oh, the, second, a, the second answer. There is a second a answer. It's a really bad game to yeah. show the rest of the world how bad it's the game is. It's always been bad. You just didn't realize it until Sonic Boom. <laughs> the second answer of the second best Sonic game is Sonic and Knuckles. Because oh, that game oh, was awesome. Yeah, because, because you can without stack it to yeah, the without ceiling. without Sonic and Knuckles, you couldn't create the Genesis Tower of the of the Genesis thirty thirty two X of Sonic and Knuckles and the Sonic Three. Yeah, <laughs> have you ever that seen people amazing. like stacking cartridge after cartridge, like get them like twenty high? It's like at a certain height, there's crazy glitches that you can make happen. Wait, oh, were, no. were they stacking Sonic and Knuckles on Sonic and Knuckles? Yeah, yeah they're just like yep. stacking multiple <laughs> cartridges on top of each other, and eventually so you can great. really make it do all these crazy glitches. Oh, it's that's amazing. Time. What about you, Ryan? Did you ever play the Sonic? Uh, yeah, I think the uh, the it, the one that was my favorite was the Sonic on the Game Gear, and I think oh, it was wow. okay. I think it was Sonic Two, but it was a it was a port of it, and I don't think there was tails in it. It was just a very <laughs> oh interesting. Do you, do you know why that's your favorite version? Be, it's because it's the one that I played the most. Now, before no. this podcast, I went back and watched a short video of it, and it is straight up awful. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say subconsciously, the reason you like the one on Game Gear is because the Game Gear had about five minutes of battery life. Yes. So five minutes in, it was dead. And you're like, oh, good. I don't have to play this anymore. It was that. And, it was that in Streets of Rage. Is all I had in Game Gear. Oh, Streets, Streets of Rage, Rage is legit. That's actually that a was game. legit. Oh, that oh, game that had a great, a great soundtrack one. too. What was it with Sega Genesis games and Game Gear? But what? Why did they have such good soundtracks? I just I don't understand it. <laughs> I mean, it it was technically an inferior sound card, but they just had better music. It was it was crazy. Anyway, it was crazy. Sorry. All I, right. I'm done pontificating about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so our fi- finally Genesis pontifications can be through. Um, so our final question from the tweets this evening comes from it's Jesse. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm glad to know who it is. That's good. Yeah. 
It was. It's Jesse, all right. And uh, Jesse writes, Is Troy Baker in too many games? His inclusion in many of the games I play is becoming rather immersion-breaking for me. I always <laughs> recognize him. I haven't got a problem with the man. But when I recognize him, I stop seeing the character and start thinking about Troy Baker instead and his dreamy, dreamy face. <laughs> I, I wonder if that he last recognized <laughs> Troy Baker as Two-Face, though, because I had no idea oh, it was yeah, him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, so uh, I, I I added that dreamy part at the end. Oh, you didn't say that. <laughs> but it was yeah. Accurate. So <laughs> so um, I kind of I'm kind of with you on this one. It's Jesse, all right, because the I don't know. There was something about a, a recent a couple of recent games I played had Troy Baker in them, and I had the same problem. It's like I instantly start thinking like I, th- I guess anytime you really can pick out any voice actor it starts to break the immersion yeah because like the same thing happened when i was playing arkham city i was i was like oh that's john dimaggio you know he's got such a thug is john dimaggio or like or oh that's nolan north or you know so every time you get too familiar with the voice actor and you can pick him out of a crowd then i think it does start to get immersion breaking yeah my my only advice for it's jesse all right is that this too shall pass uh, because, you know, about five to seven years ago, it wasn't Troy Baker that was in too many games. It was Nolan North that was in too many games. And for some reason, in every game that he was in, he was just being Nolan North. Yeah. And, and I don't understand because he can do so many voices, but they just kept having him be himself every time. Yeah. And, uh, and so, I mean, like now he's so diverse that there are times, again, where he's completely unrecognizable. Like, I would never know that that was him doing uh, Northbot in Destiny. He sounds oh, totally really? different. Oh, uh, that's and, cool. And I wouldn't know it was him doing uh, Cobblepot in the Batman games because he sounds completely different. I, um, and I had no idea that was that he played David in The Last of Us. Yeah, until exactly. After. Yeah, and Space so. uh, Space Core and Adventure Core in Portal Two, and the the malfunctioning <clears throat> turrets. Those were all him, and they all sound completely different. So. Uh, so anyway, yeah. right now everyone's casting Troy Baker, and sometimes he's being Troy Baker. Um, uh, and that's probably the director too. They, yeah. they want him to sound like yeah. that because he's a recognizable voice right now, and it's like lending star power to something. Right, but but he's capable of more, and eventually they'll move on from him, and it'll be someone else that's in every game, and he'll just get to do his thing of being really good at voice acting. So yeah, this too okay. shall pass, my friend. Yes. Let me let me correct you guys on a few things here. Okay. <laughs> One, it is not possible for Trey Baker to be in too many games. <laughs> He's too good. He can be in all the games. <laughs> and two, if there is a complaint to have a Troy against Troy Baker, it's that he is unfair. It is unfair that somebody could be that talented of a voice actor. Oh, and also he can sing. He has yeah. an album that you can buy. He's actually a really talented singer. Oh, and by the way, he's also gorgeous. <laughs> he is he is fit and handsome and talented, and I hate him, but I love him. And he's six three, <laughs> which is another thing to be jealous it's about. Just, he sure. he just has it all. It was not fair. Yeah. He got every talent in the universe. Plus yeah. plus all the looks. It's not fair. Yeah. It's like yeah. if Paul Rudd was tall. Exactly. <laughs> That's the and, one thing holding Paul Rudd back. Yeah. <laughs> and if he was, like, handsome and talented. What? Oh, those, those things, burn. Those things, too. Man, I, oh, I man. defy you to find a girl that does not think that he's attractive. I can do that easily. All right. Good luck. <laughs> My wife. 
Oh, my oh, she's goodness. She's just saying that because she's married to you. No, it's like, not true. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Audible is offering the listeners of this podcast a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash SBFVGS and choose from over 180,000 audio programs. Any of these books happen to be read by Troy Baker? <laughs> oh, that's a really good question. It would be an immediate sell for me. Roughly half of them. Okay, cool. So, Probably all of them. About 90,000 of them. So, <laughs> But yeah, so you download a title free, you start listening, it's fun and easy. And good to do. And good to do. We should just so add, officially I, add that to the... <laughs> I feel we'd be remiss not to recommend, once again, the audiobook of Total Recall, my <laughs> unbelievably yeah. true life story, which is written and narrated by Arnold Schwarzenegger. So you that's know right. it's good. If, yes. if, if anything would get me to use that service, it would be that right there. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I When I heard that um, what last podcast, I... Oh, he I made like, I have to hear that. <laughs> the, and then you the, ran to your nearest computer and typed yeah. in audibletrial.com slash SBFVGS. Yeah. That's correct. <laughs> audibletrial.com slash SBFVGS. Man. Gosh, I love I love the adverb in it. The unbelievably. That's right. Unbelievably it's, true. It's, it's unbelievably true. Yeah, it's so oh, Arnie. Arnie's here. <laughs> no, no, that was a fake. Oh, was a fake Arnie. Man, you faked me out. You, you, do, you do such a good Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sometimes I can't tell you from the real one, you know? When the real Arnold is here, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. There was madness in any direction. <laughs> All right, topics. Hey, it's time for topics. Hey, we made All it right. to topics and I'm out of water. So <laughs> I, th- I think we should start with David's topic. Yeah, because mine is completely unrelated to the other two. Yeah, and then we'll do Mike's and then we'll do mine, which is really Ryan's. Wait, shouldn't shouldn't <laughs> we do yours and then Mike's? No, no, no. I think we should do Mike's first. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So David, oh, you you're first. right. You're right. I'm sorry. David, <laughs> go ahead and kick us off. What's your topic? All right. So welcome. Uh, this is going to be completely out of left field compared to the rest. You'll see, guys. Um, so my topic is who is the biggest jerk in video games? <laughs> uh, and so what I mean by that is so not all video game characters are charming and fun loving selfless heroes. Uh, some are, but some are definitely not. Uh, sometimes they can be downright nasty and mean-spirited. Uh, and sometimes a character designed to be fun li- fun-loving and selfless ends up seeming nasty and mean-spirited anyway. So those count, too. Like, that could be a jerk. Like, someone who you can tell the creator was like, oh, this is such a fun, cu- fun cool character, but he's really <laughs> yeah. just the worst. So like, which video game character is just the worst? Not unlike Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is that your pick, Mike? I don't know. Maybe I I really didn't think about it until just this moment. But he's really kind of a jerk if you think about it. <laughs> In what ways? Tell me. I don't know, Doctor Robotnik's. He's just trying to make life better through technology for all of us. <laughs> and you got this this hippie terrorist blowing up all his robots. It's That's true. Freeing all the animals, though. How do you know they weren't happier as robots? I I guess you're right. I don't know that. You don't know. <laughs> You didn't give him a say in the matter. All I'm that's, saying, that's what makes him a true jerk. It's, that's it's true. It's either that guy or it's that really evil dog from the Duck Hunt game. Yeah. Who, as <laughs> a child, so as a little, little kid, I, I take my best shot at these ducks and I miss because I'm, I'm five. And he laughs, laughs at me in my face. 
<laughs> he was the worst. It wasn't with me at all. Oh, man, he was just the worst. He was the worst. So I have to say my answer is from the video game Star Fox. Oh. Falco Lombardi. Oh, you like Falco? <laughs> oh, Falco was the worst. Cause, what? Okay, there is no way that Falco the, is worse than Blippi. Here's, here's the... No, 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 Falco is the worst. No, which one's Slippy. the frog? Here's why. Slippy. 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 Here's why Falco sense. is way worse than Slippy. Slippy is just clueless, and you're like, ah, oh, I gotta bail him out again. But no, when Falco, when Falco me. gets in trouble, right, and you save his buns, then he turns around and he's like, thanks a lot, Fox. I had it under control or whatever. You know, he's like, so <laughs> it's the unappreciativeness of he's Falco just, that just really insecure. drives me. He just wants to be Goose to your Maverick. He's just yeah. too cool, okay? That's He's not cool though. He's, He's Valkymer to your Tom Cruise. We <laughs> put up a tough life, life, but in the end you guys are best buds. When someone <laughs> saves your life, you thank them. And you stop acting like a jerk just like at the end of Top Gun. Okay? Unless you're really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe Falco comes to a begrudging respect of of uh, Star Fox and then he says, "Fox, you're still dangerous." <laughs> and then they and then they do like a freeze frame high five something, but no, he never does. He's always a jerk. So Falco is a huge jerk, and he's the worst. All right, that's, I mean that's a pretty good pick. He he is he is a pretty big jerk. All right, you're right. <laughs> uh, I guess right? my my runner up though. Oh yeah, is Link. What? Yeah, I I hear you right there. <laughs> Because Link is always like, hey, guys, I'm the hero of legend you've all been waiting yeah. for to save you. Here, um, I hope you don't mind me borrowing some supplies from your house. Oh, <laughs> oh, don't mind me. I'm just going to smash all of the pottery in your entire home. Oh, uh, looks like you were hiding some rupees in here. Gosh, <laughs> oh, holding out sorry, on Sorry, baby. I was going to send you to college, but the hero of time came in here and smashed our house up, stole everything we had. <laughs> <laughs> He's a huge jerk. It's I like, mean, to be fair, that's you're you're describing every single RPG character though. Like they mm-hmm. all go into their people's homes, take take materia out of people's drawers. You oh, know, yeah, in, I'm in absolutely a huge jerk in The Witcher too. Like I'll, I'll come and like <laughs> accept like a oh yeah, you're gonna pay me to go do this little errand for you. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, don't mind me. I'm gonna steal everything in your home right <laughs> in front of you. <laughs> Oh, you know, another really fun example of that is in Skyrim. Um, you could like go into shops and just place a barrel over the shopkeeper's head and then proceed to rub that merchant blind and just take everything and then sell. I think, couldn't you sell it back to him? I actually don't remember trying that, but sell it all back to him. Hey, uh, he's like, that looks really familiar. Like, no, no, no. Like, yeah, uh, I'm missing, is, I'm missing my refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> I actually really need this stuff. <laughs> uh, somehow I lost all of mine just in the last few minutes. Oh, that's amazing. So, that's a whole new that's a whole new topic. Which character can you make the biggest jerk? And that Skyrim's up there on that list. Oh yeah. Uh Ryan, so do you have a, an answer for this? I know I you weren't on the email chain when I put this topic out there, so Um, I don't really have like a example of a character that is probably supposed to be cool. It just it just comes off as a jerk. But like for a character that I think was intentionally a jerk, I would put Joel from Last of Us on there. Oh, yeah, yeah he's not a nice guy. He's huh. really not. Yeah, but I that's like him. true. I like him a lot. He is a jerk. Like you know, he's like just him and care uh, of business. Yeah, yeah. Him and, I can't remember what was the lady's name in the beginning of that game. Uh, but uh, Tess. 
Tess, Tess. That was it. Tess. Yeah. I like, couldn't think of anyone but Triss for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I, I know I couldn't <laughs> Trinity. either. Um, <laughs> Trinity. No, it's yeah, it's Tess. Um, like they clearly had some sort of romantic relationship going ish, but he was a jerk to her even. So yeah, it's, it was weird. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I guess you guys don't agree with me on that one. Spoken uh, like a true single man. Yeah, like. yeah maybe. The, I don't know. <laughs> um, so my answer, and this is like a, this is like most people probably don't even remember this character, uh, but on the Super Nintendo and Genesis, uh, and then eventually he actually made the jump to PS One, PS One. Uh, Bubsy. Anyone remember Bubsy? Oh, gosh. oh yeah, Bubsy was the worst. So yeah. he was supposed. He was clearly meant to be a likable, fun-loving, you know, snarky character. <laughs> but man, just going back and watching video of him, he was just the worst. Like <laughs> he had these little quips he would say whenever you would like whenever he would die, and I don't even remember any of them. I just remember his voice being so annoying and you know it was amazing back then like when i was a kid i was like wow he's talking to me every time he dies this is crazy but uh <laughs> but now i'm you know i've grown up and realized that that was just a trick and he was he was just a dirty dirty jerk and i hated him <laughs> uh so yeah, Bubsy. You, yeah. It, just, it just occurred to me does anyone remember leisure shoot suit larry yeah oh my gosh, oh, gosh. Yeah. i never hey, played one but i remember hey, seeing hey, them hey, and thinking hey. how do these games exist exactly hey. He was he was kind of a jerk. He was a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh so that's my topic, guys. Oh, cool. um, fantastic. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> so Michael. Okay. I hope you topic, guys are please. ready for some uh some Metal Gear Solid talk now. That's what oh, we're getting yes. into now. <laughs> so we're gonna talk some MGS five. But I thought before that, I haven't played Metal Gear in a long time. Why don't you guys catch me up? What has happened in the Metal Gear story so far? And okay. the reason I, I ask, and tell you, I can't. I have no idea. Well, it's kind. Okay. Of, it's kind of the reason I, I ask I because I this. think it's kind of impossible. I think but, I can okay, do this. Now, yeah. uh, that's what I, I. I want the challenge. Yeah, I feel like Ryan probably has the correct answer. So let me go first. Okay, <laughs> I'll give you the rundown of what I remember, and this is. I intentionally didn't look anything up because I wanted to go just strictly off of memory. So Excellent. So here we go. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 1. I, I'm not doing the old NES ones because I never played them. So, um, but Metal Gear Solid 1. Okay, so Big Boss, he makes some less infants to Reebs. And, <laughs> and, uh, this is already confusing. <laughs> so... And the, and this is to help him in his quest to kick more buns, I do believe. Then one of them gets crazy, decides to get a hold of a big metal gear. And he has long hair. Yeah, yeah. And he's voiced by Leonardo of the original Ninja Turtles cartoon. <laughs> That's right. Inexplicably, <laughs> he has a different voice than the person he's cloned after. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, long story short, he's trying to destroy the world or something. The other one, Solid Snake, says no way, decides he's going to sneak in, blow up the Metal Gear, rides off on a snowmobile with Meryl. Okay, Metal Gear Solid Meryl. 2. Meryl. <laughs> like, I love when she gets shot. In that it's spoilers, but yeah, she gets shot at one point, and he's like, it, like no concern in his voice. He's like, Meryl, 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 dare you get shot? Mark it off. <laughs> so Metal Gear Solid Two, Snake sneaks onto the boat and then goes on vacation, and then Raiden, he lets Raiden come in, talk about his feelings a whole lot, and fight a very fat rollerblader, and and get naked in VR. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Raiden fights the big robot Metal Gear um, over at Big Shell. And then it, I, I think it turns out that the president is secretly a sword-wielding ninja who's in on the scheme <laughs> from the get-go Wait. With, <laughs> with the Patriots. So who's who's Raiden? Raiden is the, dude. the purdy anime, anime boy. No, I mean, I, I guess that, but, like, who is he in relation to anyone else? Is he he's just, just some just dude another that soldier, shows up? Right? He's, just a, he's just another agent. Okay. okay. Yeah. He was a uh, former child soldier that was scooped up by Solidus Snake, who is... Big Boss. The, uh, no. Oh, it no? Is, is the third clone of Big Boss. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, so here, let me finish, let me finish. Okay, yeah, okay. before you get all accurate. already. <laughs> all right, so Metal Gear Solid 3... So unlike Arnold Schwarzenegger's inaccurate summary last time, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, we flash back to Big Boss before he's Big Boss, um, and he goes on he's a just mission. Just the boss. He's just like he's just regular size he's, boss. He's like a boss, we'll say. Okay, fun so, size boss. Yeah, so um, he goes on a mission to fight against B Man, um, a ghost, and a very old sniper. Um, and before he <laughs> fights a guy who punches bullets at you. I remember the guy who punches <laughs> bullets. That then, dude is crazy. Then he fights like a retro uh, Metal Gear, the Shagohad. And he saves the world from getting nuked before CQ seeing his mom into oblivion in a field of flowers. <laughs> um, then uh, Metal Gear Solid 4. Let's see. We're back to present day now. Um, Snake looks all old and crazy because he's been using like silver fox dye in his hair. I believe. <laughs> silver <laughs> fox dye. That's right. So, yeah. Cause I he's like so it. F- uh, <laughs> so, you got to look your best when you hit silver words. fox aerobics. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, his dead evil twin's arm was grafted onto Ocelot. I remember that. Um, so now the arm genes have taken over Ocelot's personality because of science. That's just science. Yeah, that's just science <laughs> happening. Everyone knows um, that. Isn't there a dude with photosynthesis <laughs> in there at some point? Maybe. Um, and then I know there's a very complicated plot where Tom Brady and his patriots are trying to take over the world with nanomachines. <laughs> Those guys, and, they've been they've been cheating longer oh, than man. you knew. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they're trying to take over the world and make like a permanent war economy so they can make the big bucks, I think. And then Snake diffuses a nuke. Wait, f- big bucks. Isn't that the, isn't that the, uh, the big leader? Bo- That's yeah. big boss's wallet. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, anyways, <laughs> that's dumb. Um, so <laughs> I started that joke, so it's my fault. <laughs> so uh, Snake diffuses the nuke and fights a Metal Gear. Um, and then he dukes it out with Ocelot, who was faking about the arm thing all along just for wait, kicks. Wait, so he wasn't actually being controlled by a liquid? No, no. So, oh. It was all for kicks. Oh, okay. And then, okay, so here's... I haven't played any of these other games, so I'm just going to wing it. <laughs> so, Peace Walker, um, I know it has to do with Paz. Um, <laughs> with who, Pez? Paz, who <laughs> played bass for A Perfect Circle. Yes, oh, I, know. Okay. I don't know if you knew that. Um, and then Big Boss saves her, and my guess is he blows up a Metal Gear and stops a nuclear strike at some point. <laughs> yeah, it sounds, it sounds legit. Yeah, and then Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes, Paz betrays Big Boss by leaving a perfect circle, and they have to find <laughs> new band members and stop making albums for a really long time. And because of this, his arm falls off and he has to get a robot one. And now we're up to date with Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, in which Big Boss gets his sweet, sweet revenge and builds a huge ocean base with a lot of bears on it. 
And now, now uh, Metal Gear Solid Five actually takes place within 24 hours, right? Because it stars Jack Bauer. Oh, yes, it must. <laughs> Those are the rules. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> so Events uh, occur in real time. So now, um, Ryan, is your chance to issue a correction for everything I've just said. I don't know what he has to correct. It's, I'm pretty I, sure I, he nailed it. I mean... <laughs> Like, I don't want to correct that. That's pretty good. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I think that if you give me the cliff notes, the, here's a super, super cliff notes. All right. Um, well, OK. Is was was anything Adam said correct? Uh, probably. <laughs> sort of. Sort of. So, I mean, sort of. I think from a certain point of view. Uh, uh, <laughs> Okay, so in respect, like in relation to the Phantom Pain, uh, you don't need to know ninety percent of that so far. <laughs> kind of like every uh, Metal Gear game. Yeah, like <laughs> I feel like uh, all you need to know is that uh, the man currently known as Big Boss mm-hmm. uh, is a former agent of the U.S. and he was kind of disillusioned by some things that he experienced in snake eater uh metal gear solid 3 mm. and and i think the story of phantom pain is kind of his uh sort of like a prequel to his descent into villainy yeah because mm. he's the bad guy in metal gear solid one right uh well, not in, in the, one but in, in, the, in the nes nes oh games, yeah who wait? Who's the bad guy in in metal gear solid one liquid Li- snake liquid snake. oh that's right that's right okay you're right you're right sorry yeah so I, I I don't think you need to know all of that stuff. I think um, they're probably I'm only about halfway through the game at this point, um, but and and there have been several references, and I'm sure there's going to be several more. But I don't know that they're totally necessary to enjoy the game be- because, uh, and I don't know if we're getting into the full Metal Gear discussion now, uh, but we can we can segue into it. We can. Hoverboard well, right into that. Because that's my topic is just to, my topic is let's let Ryan talk about Metal Gear Solid 5 a whole bunch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why I don't think you need to know all of the backstory and the references is because Metal Gear Solid 5 is a little bit different than all the other games in the franchise leading up to this point in that it is far more focused on gameplay than the... Uh, over-the-top, absurd cinematics uh, from the previous entries in the series. Mm. Wow. And that that's is good. so interesting. Like, that, that is the hugest departure of all. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's going to make some people sad, and I think it'll make some people really happy. And it just... I, I would say that for myself, like, I really did enjoy the, the really goofy, long cinematics where someone, like waxes eloquently about like the morality of nuclear deterrence for, for like 30 minutes in a codec conversation <laughs> like, or, or where Raiden is is almost breaking up with his girlfriend several yeah, times yeah, in yeah, yeah. long codex <laughs> or like, when I, or when snake drives a motorcycle up a dude's face yeah oh I, there's that again there, those moments are in there it's just uh, far between. Okay. It's mostly gameplay. Does at any okay. point Ocelot show up and summon a secret guard with a cat meow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, not yet. Okay. I really, ho- I really hope they reference that later, though. I really do. I that hasn't happened yet, though. I just, I love that setup for Metal Gear Solid Three. If you guys haven't played it, there's just a point where like, I don't know how how you agree upon that ahead of time. Okay, guys, I'm gonna go confront that that army dude. But if I meow like a cat, you guys come running. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds perfectly logical. I'm sure yeah. mi- I'm sure plenty of branches of military use this sort of thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> right. Oh, Metal Gear. So, I so love you're how saying, much we all love it. And it I know. is just so ridiculous. It is okay, really I'm ridiculous, sorry. but I, I know I can't help but love it. So you're saying it's light on the cinematic storytelling and the cutscenes that we're kind of used to. Now, I, um, I say it's light. Uh, when you first start up the game, you're going to be like, what is he talking about? Because the first scene is very long and mm-hmm. it's very cinematic and it's very bizarre and it's all over the map it's it's uh kojima to the max okay so you're gonna probably like it but after that once you leave that prologue scene it's going to kind of settle in to what i think most of the game is like and the game is technically open world uh i i don't think it feels that way in practice it because you don't really wander across the whole map. You're very much with the missions in the side ops. You're very much like, I'm going to this particular place. I'm going to get dropped off of the helicopter at this point. I'm going to go straight there. I mean, you'll traverse the world sometimes with vehicles and uh, or on a horseback or running if <laughs> you're kind of out of luck. But uh, <laughs> but uh, that, that gets... That's just not nearly as efficient as just calling a helicopter and redeploying. Yeah. So, okay. um, it, it, I think in practice, it, it doesn't lend itself to that as much, especially in the first section, which is, oh, the first open world map you get is very, there's lots of mountains and it's very tunnely where there's only very few paths that you can take to get to certain places. Okay. Um, but the next map, it, it's way more open and you, uh, have a lot more options as far as that's concerned. That's cool. Yeah, that's one thing I'm hearing a lot is that um, the game is kind of like Metal Gear gameplay perfected in a way where it yeah. gives you this playground and, okay, you know, go use all your tools in all the craziest ways and, and you can attack problems from kind of like any angle that you want. Yeah, I think that is the most impressive thing about this game is the way that it builds on its own systems uh, and, and that core gameplay loop mm-hmm. for just a really a simple way to illustrate this point is like in the beginning, if you're going to uh, approach like an outpost, you're probably going to crawl on your belly with your tranquilizer pistol. And then you're going to get as close as you can and then just kind of get as many headshots to knock everybody out, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And because if, if you don't know this headshots are, if you're using the tranquilizer, that's the effective way to use it. Otherwise they won't fall asleep for too long. And you can't really control where they fall asleep, and they might alert other guards. So uh, you get you end up getting really good at headshots with this thing. Um, and right when things kind of start feeling really rote and uh, just this is what I do for every situation, uh, they introduce helmets for the guards. <laughs> and, oh wow! And so like uh, the guards, Those dirty start, rats. So, like, you can still, if you get, like, a good angle, uh, you can still, like, get them in the face or, like, right under the jaw, that sort of thing. But it's it really limits the angles of attack that you have. And so, and and there's so many levels to this kind of 
like increasing difficulty or maybe maybe not diff- well yeah difficulty and complexity to how do you approach different situations where guards kind of are walking around in like t-shirts and military pants at first but then they like they move up to helmets and body armor then they start getting flashlights and night vision oh, and snipers wow. and then they start they start having like uh tank supports and attack helicopters and it just it the the levels just the the way it ramps up and it's so it's it's pretty gradual but i in my opinion it's been perfectly paced that's awesome yeah because that's another game that comes to mind and i i've talked about this game a whole lot on the show but uh nino kuni did that really really well mm-hmm. where you it by the end of the game you're using these just millions of different systems all in coordination with each other where if they had just dropped them all on you at once you would have been completely overwhelmed. But because yeah. it built and built and built and built, and they gave you a new thing, like, here, go try this out. Here's a new thing. Go try that out. And then pretty soon you're using it all in conjunction, and it's just this amazing thing by the end. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that sounds pretty amazing. Now, I, yeah. one thing I'm I'm hearing, too, is that uh, it actually, the game kind of lacks the traditional Metal Gear Solid boss battles that we've come to expect. Wait, really? Now, uh, I, is that your impression so far? Again, I'm only halfway through, and I think I've only had two, mm, I think maybe two or three instances that could be called a boss battle. Uh-huh. And, wow. And I would say that probably, I, I, know, I know what people are saying. Because there's I not like a super crew of, of, of like BA dudes that you got to fight. You got to take them down one by one throughout the game, which is kind of a very Metal Gear thing. You it's know. not as Mega Man as Metal Gear has been in the past. Yeah, okay. uh, you didn't have to uh, fight but, Bullet Punch Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> B Man. There's, there's uh, certainly characters like that in there. there okay. Like so far, at least two or three or four. I it's it just depends on where you draw the line of who's the bad guys and who isn't. I guess. Okay. But um, I would say that for the most part, I mean, it, it depends on what you're comparing it to. Are you comparing it to like the end or Psychomanus, then I would say that these boss battles aren't nearly as inspired. But okay. uh, but those are also like the top, in my opinion, of all yeah. boss battles. Oh man, yeah, the so, end is probably my favorite boss battle ever. And so. and, I, and there's definitely an homage to that moment in the okay. game. Um, but it but it's you might think that that's just a rehash, but mm. I I don't I think it was I thought it was fun, but. So I, I know what people are saying, and they're not wrong. I, I kind of forgive that, though, because I, so far, anyway. According to the percentage of completion, I'm I'm at 33%. Okay. Uh, and I've and how many this, hours? Well, I think it counts time when I just leave it paused oh, and bummer. walk away. Uh, but it says 42 hours. Wow. Okay. okay. Uh. So and I saw uh, today there's a notification. This is probably important to well, this is won't be coming out for a while, but if you're just picking <laughs> hopefully this will be fixed by the time this episode comes out, but there's like this bug apparently for missions number 29 and 42. Oh if yeah. You, if you bring a certain buddy with you, it's going to corrupt your save file. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you have quiet with you, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a really that's a really significant issue. That's real. Uh, that's a huge issue. It's crazy. Uh, what if you just happen to love bikini snipers? You know, it's like, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, it's it's really weird to me that also they're like, we have to resolve this soon. It's a, I mean, to me, that needs to be resolved immediately. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's real bad. Uh, that's real, real bad. And it's, but 
so anyway, like from that warning, I know that there's at least 42 missions and I think I'm at like 23. Okay. Uh, but I've done a lot of side ops and, and, and not just been focusing on the main missions. Yeah. So. Well, that's cool. That's how you build up your resources. Are you, have you been yeah. kind of drawn into the whole base building aspect? Yes. Okay. I did not see that coming. I really <laughs> got drawn into it. I, it's at first, I mean, I just thought that I'm like, ah, eh, this is just a thing I don't want to really have to deal with. I mean, it's kind of like, <laughs> uh, I mean, this is, and people will probably disagree with me here, but on like Dragon Age Inquisition, I I never really got into the crafting system that much. Mm. Like, because I never really needed to have the best gear. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, I just kind of like was fine with what I found on the ground and could oh, make it man. through. man, you played that game and, wrong. I know, I know. <laughs> Uh, but I, I never felt like that needed to happen. And it, and it also felt tedious to get all those resources, mm. um, for me, but, and, uh, the way that Metal Gear, uh, Phantom Pain does it is, you know, honestly, what, why it works is because the way they introduce the different levels of this base management system is very gradual and in very easy to understand chunks. Like okay. if they if they threw it all at you at once, you'd be like, I can't be doing this. But, <laughs> uh, but they do, they, there's, I think six or seven different nodes for your base that you can enhance. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all improve different aspects of your gameplay, uh, depending on how well they're stocked and what the level of that s- specific facility is. But those unlock like one at a time. And so you kind of get familiar with what one thing does before you're introduced with the, the next one. Oh, that's cool. Um, how many how many bears can you have though? Uh, I think you can <laughs> only have one that gets like uh, a cage for itself. <laughs> but <laughs> the rest I, can I, roam around. I think so. <laughs> I honestly haven't even been to that side of the base yet to look at them. I I've... I mean, I prefer free range bears if I if I have my choice. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they're the they, most delicious bears. They, yeah. they taste mm-hmm. way better. Taste way better. Yeah, we all saw food ink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's really interesting because to go back a little bit and then continue this point. This game, in my opinion, is a lot better than the other Metal Gears as how it allows you to break stealth and not ruin your game. Oh yeah. That uh, was oh, awesome. Wow. Because yeah, Metal Gear Solid three, that was one thing I found myself doing a lot was I would get seen and like, I really want to do this like the stealthy way. Cause that's how it's designed to be played. So it's yeah. under a truck for like two minutes or whatever until it reset. And then I was like, okay, mm-hmm. now I can try again. Yeah. So that's and one thing I'm hearing too, is like that, it really allows you to create your own memorable moments or war stories kind of, mm-hmm. you know? So like I was going to ask you, like, do you have any cool war stories to tell us? Uh, I think, I mean, these probably aren't that great of stories, but I mean, there's been several moments where I'll be in this compound full of 30 people and just, it's just a really gradual thing. Just, sneaking up behind people choking them out and then faulting them out of the place and then just like <laughs> and uh eventually there's only like one person left and it's just I, I don't know for some reason it's still like a satisfying thing like like once everybody's been airlifted out of the base and just like running around and picking up all like the resources and stuff <laughs> yeah uh I, actually all right here's a here's a pretty neat story uh and this isn't really like a personal story this is I'm very much directed by the game and it goes 
even more on the point of like how they keep introducing new things that throw uh, a wrench into what you kind of expect from the game. Where uh, there was this mission that was introduced again, probably about halfway through the game, which is called Emergency Mission, where if you did not start doing that right away, it would basically reach a fail state. Mm. And, oh. Uh, and so I did not anticipate this. And so I and I was in the middle of mission and it kind of like it costs you resources and it's stats and stuff if you cancel if you abort a mission. So I was like, like, uh, I don't know if I want to do this <laughs> right now. Uh, I eventually did because I got scared <laughs> because they were talking about <laughs> how, uh, you know, they, they mentioned a certain consequence of what would happen if I didn't do it. Um, so I ended up doing it. And. So I was put in this situation where they said, like, look, if anyone gets alerted to your presence, hostages are going to die and that kind of thing. And so, oh, okay. wow. and so uh, like up until this point, this whole game, there haven't really there's been very infrequent. If you get spotted, like the mission is probably going to fail. Hmm. Like there ha- there's only been like a couple where like, you know, someone's going to try to get away if you get if they're alerted to your presence. But you can usually run them down and it's fine. But this was a a case where they just presented me with a fail state if I get spotted. And so I was running around and I, you know, messed up, got spotted. And so uh, I t- was attempting to just restart the mission and uh, it wouldn't let me do that. <laughs> Whoa, oh, wow. And it, it, I just failed the mission. And then um, a lot of people that I had been you know, rescuing over time, just straight up die. <laughs> oh my wow. gosh. <laughs> and I was, and so I, it, which was to me, it was just really cool how this game like continues to be surprising me. And also like I get into these comfort zones and, and I think every gamer is probably like this, where you learn the systems of the game and you learn how to break them or you learn how to get away with as much as you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this game uh, is pretty much, maybe not a step ahead necessarily but they're definitely like know the way that people are going to play this game they they're keep throwing new schemes. challenges <laughs> so it's it's been really really fascinating for me and, and and then but 40 hours into it i just unlocked the ability to customize my weapons <laughs> oh, wow. oh wow and i just and i never i didn't even know that this was a thing but i can start like mix and matching parts and like oh that's cool coloring everything and there's a lot of customizations in this game. So, it, but it, but it's not. Again, I can't reiterate enough how important it is how because of the slow drip of how they give you the features, it just makes everything really, really sing. I guess and just yeah, really uh, introduces these concepts really well. And it makes me want to go back and play Peace Walker on the Vita. Yeah, <laughs> because apparently a lot of these uh, base management uh, systems were inspired by or based on what happened in peace Walker. yeah now do you have a ps3 i don't oh okay because you can't get the hd version on vita for some reason no it's dumb so you have to play the psp version if you play it on vita no so, <laughs> <laughs> so okay no! so <laughs> just to wrap up the topic thank oh, yeah, you thank you for, for no 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 but thank you for giving us the overview i'm so sold on this game but i have to finish the witcher first on principle yeah, yeah. so but by um, the way ryan thank you i i can i can hear it in your voice and i appreciate like all like the mental hurdles you're jumping through to try to not spoil the game i know <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> i know it makes it really hard to describe like 
40 hours of your life, but I can't really tell you what I did without <laughs> ruining your experience. Yeah, so, but in the in the annals of Metal Gear, where does it rank? I know you said you like it a lot more, you know, in some aspects, and you like the story in the other games as well. So, like, what do you... What do you think? What where does it rank in in all of the Metal Gear games? I would say that again, and this is me being halfway through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, take this opinion with a grain of salt. But I would say, for me, I think it's the best game of wow. them all. Wow. I think. Wow. I think like Metal Gear Solid w- w- is, and it remains like the probably one of the penultimate experiences of gaming that I've ever like, but. As far as like an actual game game, I this is obviously it benefits from being on PS4 in like twenty years, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> younger. But twenty like, years of uh, game design, yeah, uh, exactly, evolution, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's just uh, there's so many intelligent, smart, creative things in this game. Um, there are also some issues which I won't get into now because it's already super late, but. Like, <laughs> Uh, it's 1 a.m. for those of you listening yeah, yeah. at home. <laughs> um, but but it's yeah, it's real good. It's real good. I think as long as you don't expect like um, Escaflone in the middle of your game, <laughs> uh, I think you'll be I, I think you'll be okay and you'll have a good time. That's awesome. So six out of five burritos. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Hey, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on, talking Metal Gear, because none of us are playing it yet. <laughs> yeah, sure. And for listening to my crazy ramblings about the Metal Gear story. <laughs> <laughs> I like your version, Adam. I think, I think it would make a so good, good. Uh, like, next version. Like, Very the, the next game is just your version. <laughs> All right, you guys. End of the show plugs for men. <laughs> Help support the show for $0 by signing up for a free audiobook on audibletrial.com slash SBFVGS. Get a hold of that sweet, sweet Arnold book. Yeah, um, sweet, sweet, sweet Arnold book. Unbelievably good Arnold <laughs> book. Sorry, guys. I am so out of it. It's so late. If I'm you tired. like the show, leave us an iTunes review. That would help us out quite a bit. Um, follow us on Twitter at SBFVGS Podcast. I am Barry White, B-U-R-Y-W-I-T-E. And Mike is Taco Douglas. David is David J. Tate. Ryan is Ryan Reads, as in he does read the books. So, Which I really don't, but... He doesn't. He plays Metal Gear. Um, <laughs> so follow us uh, or friend us on PSNs. So we can play some games. Uh, Mike is Taco underscore Douglas. Ryan is Free Toys. Mm-hmm. And uh, David... the creepiest name ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and David and I are the same as our Twitters, Barry White and David J. Tate. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash SBFVGS or follow the blog at SBFVGSpodcast.wordpress.com. And that's all the time we have for Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover, episode 26. Ryan, thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with our super special one-year anniversary episode of the podcast. So hit us up on Twitter or Facebook with your questions, topics, or musings if you want to be part of that show. Goodbye, everybody. Hey, goodbye. Yay! Yay! Goodbye.
Don't forget Goodbye. to tweet at Troy Baker about how handsome and wonderful and talented he is. <laughs> <laughs> Vanilla Destiny invented twerking? It sounds yeah. like, sounds right Pretty to me. Pretty much. This was about 12, <laughs> 12 years before it was cool for white people to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs>